Skillman family, welcome, welcome to a special podcast episode, continuing the conversation. I'm in my house, uh, here in my home studio, aka my bedroom, uh, and we have done something uh, for the first time. We are trying to do a podcast recording on a Zoom call, so all the way in Oak Cliff, we have my good friend, co-worker, Jake Jacobson. How you doing, brother? Doing good. How's everybody else? Yeah, doing all right. Uh, it is. How are things up in Oak Cliff, man? How, what's it like there to be in quarantine in your neighborhood? It's it's going well. There's a lot of yard work going around in our neighborhood. So I did some <laughs> yard work yesterday afternoon. Nice. My neighbors were out uh, trimming trees and mowing yards and uh, planting beautiful flower beds. So a lot of yard work. Uh, families are, are feeling uh, restless, and so they're wanting <laughs> to get out and just walk in and stuff like that. So that's right, man. I've seen more people. I've seen more people outside in their front yards, walking the streets. I mean, this is, uh, hopefully, this will be something that we can carry with us uh, when life maybe returns to a new normal. Uh, But, you know, I think one of the reasons why you clicked on this episode is because you saw the title. Because we do have a very special guest today, uh, someone who really has been on our list for a long time to interview. And this is the one and only Addie Locke. Addie, will you say hello to uh, the Skillman family out there? Yes. Hello, Skillman family. I miss you guys. So I was thinking, you know, I am in East Texas, sorry, East Dallas. Uh, Jake is in West Dallas and Addie is in North Dallas. So it's almost like we had this triangle, a Zoom triangle right now, uh, in just circling the downtown Dallas right now. And uh, anyway, I thought that was kind of cool that we're all talking from our respective homes. But uh, Addie, how are you doing? How has this quarantine been for you and your family? Uh, Britton, Lucas, uh, tell us, give us an update on your life. Um, you know, we're doing pretty good. We're very thankful and blessed to still both have our jobs. And so we know it could be a lot worse. The biggest thing I think is perspective. It's just made us realize, you know, what we do have and that there's a lot of things we don't need to have. And um, we're just grateful to have each other. And then the fact that there's technology so we can still be social in some way. Right off the bat, I'm interested in knowing what's one thing that you guys have decided that you really don't need in life. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's funny. And y'all are going to laugh at us. But my husband and I, you know, we're workoutaholics. And the gym is where we go every morning at 5 a.m. But there is no gym to go to. (laughs) Um, and at first we weren't sure what we were going to do, but we realized we don't have to have a gym to go to. I, Addie, I'm going to be honest. I didn't even know that 5 a.m. existed. <laughs> <laughs> so are, are you guys replacing that with, uh, you know, working out by, uh, running in your neighborhood or anything like that? Or are you guys sleeping in now? Uh, no, we're definitely not sleeping in. Um, yes, we've kind of replaced it with lots of walks. My son's uh, gotten really good at rollerblading now. He even has mm. one of our dogs drag him along. Whoa, <laughs> that's good. That's, that's talent. Pretty funny. Um, and we're running still, and we've kind of collected random weights here and there from family that we've made kind of a garage workout gym. <laughs> so Nice. Excellent. Man, that's amazing. Are you guys, uh, another curious question based on that, um, when this is all said and done, are you going to renew your membership at the gym or are you going to continue to do what you're doing now? You know, that's a really good question. And for me, I really like working at getting up and just walking into the garage. Um, I don't know that I need a gym membership, but ours is connected to the rec center and my son loves to swim and there's so much that goes along with it. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. But even my husband, you know, he's like, 
I'll probably just keep working out at the garage at least twice a week and maybe just, <laughs> you know, because the only other big thing is swimming. Oh, yeah. You can't really swim all the time. Yeah, that's <laughs> hard to fit in your garage, a swimming pool mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you know, we are so thankful that you are with us today uh, because we know that you have a story to tell. And, uh, you know, part of what our hope is is that we can ask the right questions and uh, really provide those that are listening out there a chance to hear your story. What's, ha what's happened, what's transpired in the last weeks and months uh, really of, of your life and some of the choices that you've made. And I think it's a good conversation to have because really before all this craziness happened, uh, we as a church, we were a part of a season of living by faith. We took that word faith, which is so hard to really put into words but we were trying to put language to it, uh, try to tell stories about it, to, to really bring that word to life and to really let, let uh, our, these conversations inspire us uh, to be people of faith in our own life, uh, people who, who follow God and Jesus and, and put our hope and trust in uh, those promises. And, uh, you know, I know a little bit of your story. Jake knows a little bit of your story, but not everybody knows uh, kind of what's happened. So I just kind of wanted to open it up, man, you have a story to tell, and uh, where would this story begin? Oh, goodness. I mean, I could, get, could begin when I was 10 years old and teaching my sister math and playing school with her every weekend because I absolutely loved teaching and I loved math. Ooh, <laughs> um, that's a gift. But I guess it begins, you know, I was going into my, this would have been my 14th full year if I finished it out of teaching. Um, always saw it as... That was what I was going to do my whole life until retirement. Never really thought about doing anything else because it was my passion. And for the most part, I truly loved it. And I loved the kids and the connection and the relationships I had kept from all those years of teaching. So uh, it, was a, it was a big surprise when I just walked out, I guess you could say. Yeah. Tell us about, uh, about that decision. Tell us about uh, what you were thinking and what you were feeling. Uh, uh, that, that helped you to decide that was the best decision? Well, I mean, you know, first day of school, I always look forward to, I love the first day of school and I love the kids and I, I get jittery and excited and nervous just like they do. And um, so, you know, the school year was going good. I had one class period where it was kind of rough and it was only one kid, you know, it wasn't anything big. It was just every, I slowly, as the weeks progressed in the school year, I more and more dreaded going to that seventh period class um, just because of a certain situation. And then I started noticing it feed into my home life and almost anything my son would do or say, I would somehow um, connect it to what was happening at school. And for the first time ever, I'd brought my work home with me, just the, the, the stress, I guess, and the anger and the resentment I almost had for this student that I was handling and dealing with. And that started making me question a lot of things there. Um, but I just, you know, for me, and it was something I, every morning I say to myself and I say to God, just let go and have faith. It will work out. Whatever is supposed to happen will happen. And um, we got into, I guess, the second six weeks of school. It was progress reports. It was the day after Halloween, which is one of my favorite holidays at school. I dress up. I go the whole nine yards. I had a pink wig on. I, you know, I had super tons of fun with my kids. And there was an incident, and it led into a two-week, the most horrific 
I can't even explain the words. I just, what I went through with daily emails from the parents, having the kid in the class, bullying and the manipulation, how he treated me, what he got away with within those two weeks. And it all came to a halt two weeks on Friday when we had a parent meeting with the principal. And I thought it was gonna be about his behavior and what had happened. And instead it turned into uh, just yelling and screaming at me and telling me I had no grace, that I didn't care, that I wanted him to fail, that I had, you know, bad intentions, that I was I was doing things on purpose to make sure that it didn't work out. And it just, it hit me so hard because I just, that's not who I am. And just the fact that someone saw or thought that was who I was, I couldn't come to grips with. And, you know, I, after that meeting, which lasted two hours, I came out of it just beaten down, just, and I walked into class and the kids made me feel better. Like the class I went into, it was a good day. The kids were great. It was a Friday, but they were in a really good mood. And I, you know, I was like, okay, you know, it's just this, I can get through this. Um, and as the day went on, it came to the seventh period with that kid and it, not, I just, I can't even, the words can't describe what happened next, just what I went through, but I felt so afraid. Um, I felt defeated. I felt like there was nothing I could do and nothing was going to change no matter how hard I tried. Mm. No matter what I put in. Um, and then I went to the principal after school that day and it was like, he started talking to me and then I just looked at him and said, I, I'm done. Uh, and he's, that's not what we want. And I go, it's not what you want, but it's what I want. This is not mm. where I should be. I have better things I can be doing with my life and with my family. Mm. And I just walked out. And I think the worst part was I texted my husband because I couldn't talk at the time and just said, I quit. And then of course he's blowing me up. Like what's wrong with, you know, just worried about me and, I finally called him and said, I'll work at Chick-fil-A. I don't care what I do. I just can't do this anymore. Wow. Man, wow. That's a, that is a story, Addie. Um, I mean, 14 years, 14 years you worked in uh, this, this, you know, as a teacher in uh, something that you loved, but uh, it kind of culminated in this, this, uh, this toxic situation and uh, where you were hoping maybe for, uh, the backup of the administration or those that are involved, um, you you became the one that that received the blame for that, mm -hmm. and it was I mean really when when you quit and you you told the the principal that you were done and you walked out, I mean was that it? I mean did you walk into that school ever again or no? I mean, I, I mean. I did walk in the very next day with my husband and son. They came up to the school with me around lunchtime and I went in my classroom and we packed everything up um, and they helped me take it all to the car because I didn't ever want to have to go back. And I haven't been back since that Saturday. Wow. Well, I can, I can definitely tell, you know, just hearing this story, uh, how much care, uh, I mean, this is not something that, uh, is just no big deal. Uh, you know, you, you care about those students, you care about uh, their education, their, their well-being. And, uh, and for somebody who has devoted not only uh, your care this year, but for 14 years, 
Uh, and then all of a sudden for it to, it to become this uh, thing where you don't care about the students and you, you know, you're just picking on this one kid, uh, you know, you can, you can almost taste how unfair that is, you know, it's just during this conversation, I'm convinced that, uh, that that's just not the case and that you have a tremendous amount of care and uh, respect for the students and for the uh, learning process that they're going through. And uh, so I, I definitely commend you for that. And uh, uh would you walk us through what what's happened since that Saturday? Uh, where have you, where, where has your journey led you? What what have you been doing since then? Uh, what what have you discovered about yourself uh, in this time? Well, um, it took a couple of weeks to just emotionally kind of grasp what had really happened because for me it was like I'd lost my identity. Everything I ever had wanted to be in my life since age ten was just taken away, and at first I didn't know if it was something. I did, I felt like the blame was on me somehow and it was my fault. And then I felt this overwhelming pain for leaving all those students. Like I just, you know, left them and there was nobody to take over to take care of them or to do what I was doing. And so it was just a lot of guilt in some form that I had to work through and realize it you know, it wasn't my fault. I hadn't done anything per se to deserve what had happened. Um, and my husband and son and my family were very supportive and my uh, mother-in-law and everyone just, everyone was there to help me feel, go through the feelings and be okay with it all. Um, and so then kind of after that, it was, you know, it's like those steps you go through. Then I got angry at mm-hmm. why, why this happened to me or, mm-hmm. you know, what, what could have been done differently. I'm one of those people, you know, I walked around, back through everything that happened. Okay, if I'd done this differently or if I'd done this. And and then I just realized that, you know, it was meant to be. Like, mm. this happened for a reason. God had a plan way before I ever did. And he knew the only way that I would leave this was with something, a push, I guess. And this was the push. Um, mm. And at that point, it just kind of gave me an inner faith that I already had, but... I just kind of, I guess, I felt like I just had to let things go completely and not try to control any of what had happened, but to just move forward. Mm, wow. And yeah, you kind of brought up that, uh, just that word faith. And uh, just during this time, the reliance that you had to have on on God and the bigger story that we're all a part of. And, uh, you know, as we kind of as a church and really try to learn from each other on how faith can really impact how we live and make decisions, uh, man, what an example you are to us in this of just um, being a person of faith. And man, how, tell us, man, how did faith play a role in this whole process how did faith play a role in you when it was hard early on how did faith play a role in your decision to walk away how did your faith play a role in your uh, recovery after that uh, how has faith helped you in, along this journey it's interesting because you know i think back to tell you the truth 12 13 years ago and that's where it all started you know i went through a very terrible rocky marriage and divorce and mm-hmm. It was a very bad experience and I had no faith. I left church. I left everything behind because I believed that why would this all happen? What was happening with my son? He was only two and um, going through that and then 
coming back around um, and meeting the love of my life in my 30s and him accepting both of us, not just me, but also my son, which is his son, um, gave me my faith back. But it, it was going through that the first time, I think, that really helped me to be able to put all my faith into what was going on this time. Um, and I don't think if all those things hadn't happened that I would have handled it the way I did this time around. And to this day, if I hadn't had the support I had, and if I hadn't had the faith knowing what I'd been through in the past and where I'd come from that, and that God had controlled that situation too, and already had a plan for me. Mm. And so I was able to lean into that and know that there was a plan. Mm. In some ways, those, uh, those stories, uh, they almost mirror each other. Uh, and it, uh, of course, uh, by going through it once and by being delivered back to back to faith, it's it's almost uh, there's a, a little bit of solace, at least in the idea that uh, even in that bad time that uh, that happened 12 years ago, uh, that God was still present and still with you. And so just the knowledge that God can be with you in the midst of a difficult time uh, helped carry you through. I have a question for you, Addy. Um, I mean, looking back, do you have any regrets at all? I mean, do you, would you have done anything different? Now, no. I mean, I look back at it now and it's like, it all happened exactly how it should have happened. There's really nothing I could have done or could have been done differently. Um, and I'm very grateful now for what happened and where I'm at today. And just the person I am today, the, the relief I have now compared to, compared to then, my level of stress with my family, just the connection even with my husband that's stronger my son and how he looks at me for what I went through and where I'm at I just think you know there isn't anything that could have been any different so uh kind of leaning into this topic of faith a little bit more uh I'm curious to know uh what practices of faith uh have been most uh enriching to you during this this time where you've gone through a, a pretty big life life change uh you know has it been worship uh you know getting to sing and praise is it prayer uh just reading scripture talking with other believers uh what, what's been one or, or maybe there's more than one that thing that has helped sustain you through this i think in the beginning um it was two things it was one you know i definitely work out and i love to run and running is a huge part of my life but listening to Christian music when I run is also a big part. I mean, I don't listen to anything, you know, like pump up or um, pop rock or any of that or rap. I listen to Christian music. And so, you know, my runs became longer because I wasn't at work anymore. I wasn't having to be somewhere. And I would just go and I would listen to music and I would run and I would think and I would talk. So I'd be praying at the same time to God, you know, and um, that was a big part of it. And then coming to church, going to church on Sundays and having that, ability to just go to church, be with my, my husband and son, be with my friends and family there, um, you know, and them helping me through it too. And just having that every Sunday, um, those were the two main pieces that really helped me in the beginning. And as time went on, it became taking over the K-1 or like helping out and then volunteering and then deciding that I wanted to be able to do it every Sunday, the K-1 class. And that, you know, kind of gave me back part of my identity with teaching and being able to help the kids in that way. Um, 
and also I kind of felt like I was learning stuff too because what I was teaching them were things oh yeah we hadn't I hadn't really know yeah. stuff so I mean it was you know it was kind of oh. eye-opening in that way too because then what's even funnier is I would go home and read more about whatever we had talked about that day or um and so you know oh, I, I was love that more about the bible than I ever had just because of that that's what happens, man. Like when you when you have to teach something, you really learn it. Like you have to know yes. it. That's that's funny how that happens. I know in math, as a math teacher, that's probably true. But even as a pre a pre K and one Bible teacher, <laughs> so they have some good questions too. Oh my goodness! Sometimes it's the best questions, man. I mean, like deep, like at the very core of the soul questions. <laughs> really smart. So uh, you know, Addy, uh, right now, this is the, this is the first day of the rest of your life. I mean, like when you walked out of that school, what a what a step of faith that was. I mean, you had your four hundred one k, I'm sure. At you know, there was some stuff, your retirement that that you kind of had to let go of. You know, what the ideal would have been for that. Uh, you had a lot of you know your career building up. I mean, I'm sure by that time you were at the top of the top. I mean, but really in in search of a healthier environment and really respecting yourself uh, and who you view yourself to be as someone that is a masterpiece created by God and and shouldn't be subject and be put down and uh, you had you took a step of power which is a beautiful thing relying on um, in, in faith but uh, right now if I were to ask you a question and I want to. I'm gonna ask it to you, and I want you to give the first thing that comes to your brain. All right? You promise? Okay. All right. Uh, yes, I promise. No filters. No filters. <laughs> Unless there's some foul language, but you know, we can believe it out. <laughs> All right. Here's the question. Right now, what are you most excited about? Well, first thing that came to my mind was future. Even with everything going on in the world today, I just I see my future and my worth and what I've my past that. It's just, you know, the future is what I want to make of it. And, you know, so many people, it's so hard to change. It's so scary to just walk away. Like you said, I mean, I walked away from so much that day and it was the scariest thing, but what's on the other side is just, it has already proven to be so much more than I would have ever expected it to be. So. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and that's really interesting too, especially, uh, you know, you mentioned kind of where we're at right now, uh, as a, as a church, as a society, as, as a whole world, you know, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of fear out there, a lot of unknown and, uh, yet to still have, uh, a bold hope for the future. Uh, I think that's mm-hmm. a, a message that we all need to learn from. Oh, yeah. So, uh, if, if you could say, uh, one word of hope to everybody right now, who's, you know, Everybody's been tied up in their house uh, for weeks. You know, it's maybe a little stir crazy. Uh, you know, uh, what what would your word of hope be to to people? Um, I think it just goes back to earlier when I said perspective. You know, this isn't the world we're used to. It's not the world we want, maybe or thought we wanted. But perspective, if you put it all into perspective, it, there's so much good happening, even within all the bad right now. Mm. That's really good. And, um, you know, you also have some uh, exciting news regarding your future and perspective. I mean, you started a new career. I mean, a whole new uh, career path and not uh, related to teaching math to high school children. This is different 
you know. Uh, but man, share with us those who may not know. Uh, share what's what is this new endeavor that you have taken on and and uh, this new career that you that you started. So and interestingly enough, even with teaching seniors, I usually would use the last six weeks to kind of teach life skills, and that involved finances and budgeting and loans and credit cards and doing your taxes and just the things I didn't feel like maybe they really learned because they were so focused on the education of you know what they needed for college. And so when I really started thinking about what I wanted to do with my future and my career, I wanted to somehow continue that because I really enjoyed teaching that to them. Um, and I got, you know, I was very lucky to meet someone who was uh, a recruiter for Northwestern Mutual and kind of got in there and started the recruiting hiring process. And it was a very long six weeks worth of um, interviews and test taking and different things. Um, because they are very particular about who they choose and it's because you know they want you to succeed and they want people who have the right outlook to succeed mm -hmm. um and so i'm working there uh, i finished they had like a training financial uh academy that i we've got to finish a week early because mm -hmm. of everything that happened has happened um but i mean i'm able to work from home because i can call and we've got the internet with go to meetings and zoom and everything else mm -hmm. and um it's just what I love about it is I can reach out to people. I can still connect and form relationships with new people. And I feel like I'm still helping them with a financial future. I feel like so many people are scared to admit or just don't know or aren't sure where to start. And it's my opportunity to kind of help and lead them and be their resource. Um, and it still involves math in some way and it still involves teaching. It's just teaching adults instead of kids <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah that's that's really cool well man uh that we we hope the best of successes for you in that i mean i really think uh like you have all of the ingredients necessary uh to really make this take off and i'm just so excited for this journey and for you and uh you know we're, we're coming to the close of of when we uh the amount of time that we said that we'd uh <laughs> we speak with you but uh you know, you are such an inspiring person, Addie. I mean, uh, I think not just this, but, you know, the story that you told of what happened 12 years ago. Um, and you just, there's a, um, just a common thread within your life of when when things are, are tough, when life throws you a curveball, when, when really you're feeling that you're being kicked to the curve, that um, there's something within you that's that really inspires you to take a step in a direction that's better for you, for your family, in a healthier direction. I think that whatever that, you know, I think that's the spirit within you that's that's doing that God spirit. And uh, you are the mother of Lucas, which is a, a talented young boy. Uh, you know, just as a way to inspire us, you know, when when it's all said and done, uh, how would you want Lucas to describe you? I would hope that he would say that my mom has great integrity and character, um, that she ha is faithful uh, and strong. All, all, wow. all, and I think that's all true from what we've heard today, yeah, for absolutely. sure. <laughs> yeah. One thing my mom, I think, kind of instilled in me at a very young age, too, that you know God doesn't throw anything at you that you can't handle and get through to the other side, and he's only helping and testing you to prove to you what you are capable of. And I think that's part of what's helped me get through a lot of the things that have happened in my life is what my mom told me at a young age. Man, 
And uh, if there's one thing we know about you too is that when you go for a jog, it's not just like a a two mile thing. It's probably it's like a twenty seven, uh, you know, two hundred a two hundred mile jog <laughs> or something like that. Yes, so yes, yes. I know you're getting a lot of exposure to Christian music. You know, is is there any artists or anything that you that are songs that really spoke to you that we can check out? Um, well, my son would say Toby Mac. He loves anything Toby, Toby Mac. Mac. Come on now, yeah. I like it. And it's funny because that's you know, at school they're always talking about songs and stuff, and Lucas will always bring up Christian songs, and people have no idea what he's talking about. Mm. <laughs> they just look at him. He's like, Mom, it's crazy. They don't know anything about. It. <laughs> But then he has no idea what they're talking about either because we just don't really listen to anything else. Um, and it's not for any reason other than that's just what I've always listened to with him. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think one of my favorite songs probably that has definitely gotten me through quite a few things is Unstoppable God. I really like Sanctious Real, um, mm. that band. So a lot of their songs... Um, I mean, on Spotify, I have an uplifting playlist, and it's like over 250 songs. <laughs> but I like King and Country a lot, too. So that's another one. That... Oh, man. So, yeah. All right. Well, Unstoppable God. That'll Let's put that song to close us out today. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, man, on behalf of, of the Continued Conversation Podcast, Jake and myself, Addy, thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing your story. Um, And we look forward to the time when we can unite, reunite, and, you know, just thank you in person. But uh, up until then, I really appreciate you giving some time to Zoom call us today. Of course. I really look forward to seeing every our church family in person again. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Speaking of, I know you're doing a YouTube videos for our kids, right? Uh, yes, Lucas and I are. <laughs> so, yeah, if you want to see Lock in action and Lucas, you can go to the YouTube channel. Just Google, uh, well, on YouTube, search for Skillman Church of Christ. You'll see there some videos, and, and uh, you do that every week for the pre-K to first grade. Is that right? Mm-hmm. All right, yes. man. Cool. Well, Jake, man, anything to close us out? Close us uh, out, just, man. Final words. I'm just excited for when, when, we, all get, uh, when we all get together. Uh, you know what a what a grand and glorious day that will be. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's a talk about that. But uh, no, it's it's exciting to hear about uh, the Law family and that you guys are doing well and finding ways to uh, to succeed together during this time. And I know you guys are uh, encouraging the rest of us uh, to do whatever we can with our families and in our neighborhoods to to continue to be faithful. So thank you so much for your example, your stories, and uh, we just thank you. We can't say thank you enough. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, uh, for those of us, uh, for those of you out there listening this week, this is Easter. Well, it's the Passion Week. It's Holy Week. And uh, so we're preparing um, for Easter Sunday, which will be occurring on April 12th. And uh, so please, if you guys could, keep checking the Facebook, checking your email. So uh, thank you so much for listening. Thanks to, to Jake and, and uh, to Addy. And uh, we will see you guys soon. And what's the name of that song again? Unstoppable uh, Without any further ado, let's listen to Unstoppable right now to close us out. I wish I knew when this mountain in my way is gonna move. Hope it's okay to tell the truth. Sometimes the doubt starts to win. Yeah, I'd be lying if I told you I was anything but weak. Right now my struggle's all I see. 
Stop, oh, oh, God.